and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 296, as we get close to the big three zero zero and all the celebrations that that will mean. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Jim, and I have a, a bunch of books that we're going to be talking about tonight, including books that I'll be talking about with one, Eric Shea, also Clay, and myself but before we get into all of that let me tell you where you can find us you can go over to twitter and look us up at ws marvel comics if you follow us we will follow you back 100 percent. that is a promise a vow and a creed as we say also go over to our website weird science marvel comics.com where you can get news previews and reviews to most of the marvel comics each and every week and then go to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can support us for all the shows we do here on our free and regular feed, but also get a ton more in return. We do about 60 to 70 podcasts a month. It's a lot, but we like doing it. It's a living, as they say. Uh, but yeah, we end up doing a bunch of Marvel things, including today, me and my man Matt Razor ended up doing a Black Knight podcast to go kind of in with the idea that we have a Black Knight book that was talking about Avengers number 48 from back in the day where you ended up having the first appearance of Dane Whitman Black Knight. So there's some cool things going on. One of the big things is each and every week we have a Patreon only spotlight podcast episode where we talk about two books, one, two. That are picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop, in a poll that goes up on Sunday. They pick and choose and whatnot. And by the time we get to Wednesday, Thursday time, we end up doing the two books that won the poll. And this week, this is the Mighty Valkyries number one and the new issue of Captain Marvel. So those are the two books that if you want to hear us talking about those, you'll have to go over to the Patreon, subscribe to that, whichever level you get more shows each level. Like I said, we do a ton of stuff, a ton of Marvel stuff, a ton of DC stuff, indie comics, manga, comic book, cartoon podcast, movie show, all of these things. Oh my goodness. Even just as an aside, two of the things we ended up doing a walking Dead podcast tonight, me and my man Mark Jager. We do that every other week going through the new deluxe version of the Walking Dead comic. And then each and every Tuesday, me and my man Stork do a podcast on the Weird Science Book of the Week or month, I should say. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, And this month it was Invincible, something that's on everybody's mind lately. And doing that and going through the first trade of the comic has been pretty cool for me to then go over and watch the cartoon, which got really dark by the end. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil things, but boy, oh boy, it got dark. But that's that. Yeah, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. That'd be awesome of you. Uh, But hey, 
Let's not waste any more time. Let's get off to the books and let's get to the alien book by Philip Kennedy Johnson that I end up being joined by my man, Eric Shea, as we go through that. All right. And we're going to start off with both alien number two and the return of superstar Eric Shea. Hooray. Eric that's Shea me. is back. If you had been listening to the cellar dweller this time. our whole deal. No, I, I think that the cellar dweller is for when we have really scary issues. You're the this action scary? guy. Actually, well, it is at the beginning, but in a way me that makes me laugh. This issue is more like aliens than the last issue was it alien. Is. It is. And maybe because of that, I'll like it more, because right? <laughs> I'm more of an aliens fan. Uh, I laugh, though. It's such a weird coincidence uh, that you're on the show this week, because we actually just got an iTunes review for the Marvel show. That pretty much as somebody who's listening to the first bunch of pot and like, I really like you three guys doing things and stuff. I'm like, yeah, Uh-oh. I hope you don't get attached to Eric there. And then he says, I'm, I'm reading an order, listening in order. I'll see if you mention this in three years. And I'm like, I don't know that you'll still be around. We have morphed a lot. We didn't see no more, though, Eric. Well, judging by the books that were going on when I left, I doubt he's even going to continue reading. Oh, my goodness. I think that actually what he's saying is he isn't reading much of the Fresh Start stuff, but he's using the podcast to keep up on things. Okay, Uh, that makes sense. Still, though, at points, we start dropping books like flies and and hosts uh, because you ended up leaving. And quality. Maybe, maybe that's what people say. Thanks a lot. I'd actually take offense to that if I thought you listened to one second, even when you were on. Uh, with that, though, yeah. it's hard for me to even find Brandon nowadays. So I, I don't know. Me and Clay going. I do a lot of books by myself. There's the quality issue probably right there. But here we are because Alien is something, you know, of, you know, a love of yours. This is something that you do love. I think that you have three loves in your life. Yourself, Alien, and maybe Jess. I don't I like Alien and Aliens. The rest are garbage. That is true. Now, is this book an attempt to maybe get you on board with something else? You can have another thing, but... Well, no, that's the thing is, I've I've read other Alien comics and stuff like that. I'm not a huge fan of it, because like I said in the last review of the first issue, there's just something about the quality of the atmosphere, the like the tone of the movies, the soundtrack, and stuff like that. That is what gets you into the whole Alien mood, and you just can't recreate that with comics. But when you have something crazy like, you know... Batman versus aliens or Green Lantern aliens. I'll read the shit out of it. I'm not going to say it's good, but I'll read it. Punisher versus, you know, Predator, maybe. Because Predator, Predator's coming up. And I said, since you did this, you have to do Predator with me. But I think it was delayed. So you have a reprieve. I think it was delayed (laughs) a little. Uh, I was going to say before you ended up saying that deal about the atmosphere and things that you said last issue. And you're right. That the problem is, is the idea of a slow moving movie that's building tension through the even what little you see because oh my god it's like the reverse of a jump scare that becomes a jump scare at points when you turn a corner and nothing's there but the music is going like just the sound of the motion detector on the colonial marines gun i'm like that scares the hell out of me it scared the hell out of me in the video game yeah and and the thing about it is to try to translate that into a comic you do end up almost you need some aliens mixed in with your alien because unfortunately you're just going to have a slow you know, slog of a read. Let me tell through. you the story about the lonesome de- life of Gabriel Cruz. Yeah, yeah. So you need something, and that's what you end up having Philip Kennedy Johnson do here. And I was going to say, as an aside, I don't think that you will ever 
say anything like, oh, I love that franchise. And basically say that you think the comic, you, you separate those. You're never going to say, oh, this oh, yeah. alien comic is right there with it because those well, are two different like the, things for it. Like last night, I was reading all the like the books that Cullen Bunn did of the Pumpkinhead series. And in that movie on Pumpkinhead, I'm like, that's not a good like movie series or a good comic book series for what I'm concerned. But in the movie series, when Pumpkinhead, and it actually works here because Pumpkinhead is pretty much a ripoff of the Xenomorph design for what it is. But the whole thing is there's a, like a cicada sound in the background whenever Pumpkinhead shows up. And on the panel, they try to give you sound effects. I'm like, yeah, you're not recreating that from this. Let's whatever I'm it is. I'm telling you, in the, in the roundabout deal, that cicada sounds what drives me nuts in the anime <laughs> world because it's every time you do a swipe. I talk about that with Luke all the time. And yeah, you're right. Uh, that you don't get that sound effect. Plus, you get a thing called pumpkin head that doesn't have a pumpkin head. I don't understand it. I think he's the headless horseman. But here we are with alien number two. <laughs> he doesn't have a pumpkin head either. He throws like pumpkin. Like I said, though, it's so weird with the pumpkin head. Well, I don't call the green goblin pumpkin head. I'm going the green goblin. He, he is a xenomorph looking deal, though, right? That pumpkin head such a yeah. weird idea. I don't understand. Somebody was drinking or something when well, they Stan came up Winston, with Well, Stan Winston, I think, was created both of those. So. Okay, well, there you go. Like the prosthetics, not like the design, because that was H.R. Geiger, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So there you go. You have it. It all ties in. Now, next, we're doing Pumpkinhead. Written by Philip Kennedy it's Johnson. Five not issues. the Pumpkinhead, really. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Art by Salvador LaRocca. Colors by Guru FX. Letters by VCs. Clayton Cowles. And I'll go with the year is now 2020. I'm going to skip some of the other stuff from last uh, issue. Waylon Yutani's loyal security officer, Gabriel Cruz, is retired. After dedicating most of his life to the corporation's Epsilon station, it's research. Back on Earth, he tried to patch things up with his son, Danny. He didn't make that much of an effort, right? The guy came over for 10 seconds. Yeah. He wouldn't reconnect. Danny just wanted to steal from him. Yeah, true. His son stole an Epsilon station security card from his home, using it to break into Epsilon station with an anti-WY organization. Why? Anti-Y? The team, led by Danny's girlfriend, well, uh, Iris fought, yes, fought their way through Epsilon, but were not prepared for what they found. And that is kind of the comeuppance. We actually like Did to they see fight their way tricks. through Epsilon Station? They showed up, surprised two guards, and shot them to death there, and then moved if on. If you only have to kill two guards, that's fighting your way through Epsilon Station. You know, the thing is, that whole little backup, you just done that backup, that recap of everything, you don't understand how much I appreciated that going into this, because I'm not used to having this sort of recap when we talk no, about comics. me and you, you know, if, if anybody apart. doesn't realize, you do the DC Comics pod. Yeah. I think most people would. We've been begging for this recap page. For years, from now, DC. I don't need Bendis so to nice. do it and everything he does. No, no, no. I, actually, he does I, don't, I actually don't nonsense. mind it in this week's Justice League, but I didn't have to go back and think, oh my God, what happened last issue? It's right there on the table. I don't have, I'm like, I remember everything you just told me, comic. Thank you. Yes, thank you, comic. Uh, one of the things that kind of throws me off sometimes is they, they tend to get like a deep dive at first that I have to skip because it's like, so Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah, that, that's you don't say. Oh well, shit! Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah, you go into this and you see somebody in the Epsilon Station in the year twenty twenty or two thousand. Now did this throw you off at all? Because it this is what's currently off. going on in Epsilon Station. And we talked about this before. Even my idea of Epsilon Station, where Gabriel Cruz, our main character, was the head of security there, and like you know, all the ra- main reasons of the alien things are going on, but. When you had this uh, Epsilon Station, I really just saw it as this weird security slash like labs, like research facility. So when you have grandpas and small children there well, that are like hiding from I the aliens. It. I mentioned it in the first issue. There was a weird deal where there was it was really big. 
Remember when oh, yeah. they had that thing? And I'm like, man, this seems like more than just a thing. And it, it really, like you said, there was a disconnect, though, of was that that? And yeah, I, I would rather it have just been this. Well, the you know, thing station. is, it makes sense because you have an orbital state or a research station. You don't want to freaking just leave your family behind. You bring the whole family aboard. Aliens or not. That was kind of the play. Grandpa, too, where, little Trudy, come grandpa. on over. Singing. And you did have Danny Weird say uncles. at one point where uh, Gabriel said, I tried to get your mom to come back. And like, we're not yeah. going back there. So obviously things had not gone great before and never do. I mean, this is the, you know, trope of alien aliens, all of them, that if you start doing research, you're just bound. To well, I'm telling you, I thought this was Hadley's hope right here, the colony from aliens, because of the way it was. This is almost feels like Newt talking about they mostly come at night. Mostly. Mostly. And so you end up there with the song, though, continue on because the grandfather's trying to calm the, the girl down with the song. And she continues. Oh, no, seriously, the song is what I think is now ringing through my head in any horror movie that you have a slasher. I mean, this is Freddy Krueger's song going. It's not going to come down south down. on a farm serene. There's a house <laughs> and a barn and a field between. <laughs> you want to sing with me, bubs? Real going quiet. The bubs now let's sing together. Nuts. They're like uh, <laughs> patent pending. It's written by Wolverine. That's <laughs> like bubs. Uh, so you end up going down to Gabriel's down, laying there in his bed. He hates the retirement. You do end up seeing, as you said, one of the little clues and whatnot. He's definitely got some scars where they had taken well, right something there, out is, of him, I, right? One of my like uh, ideas for the comic going forward was I thought they were going to try to connect us to Alien Resurrection for everything we saw before with the cloning process, which will get you know hundreds of years down the line. But this at this point in time, we have already done Alien. I think maybe Ripley might still be in hypersleep on her way to the prison planet, but I'm not sure. But she'll die in Alien 3 on that prison planet. I thought that's where we're going with the really cloning situation, but it looks like when they went to Hadley's Hope before, you know, a weird ch- change in the situation that we didn't know from aliens, he did get a face hugger on him, and he is the thing that brought back an alien so they could have yeah, the, the whole Epsilon station. Alpha is his embryo, the alien inside him. That's so what it's it almost seems. like a weird, like, hey, Danny, I want you to meet your brother, Alpha. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, came really. from me, too. Uh, he goes, there, hey, it's a family reunion. And, he, and Danny's like, I think I came out of mom, not you, dad. Yeah, so shit, I'm putting you know. the clone stuff aside. Yeah, the clone Alpha, stuff our might main be specimen on Epsilon Station, did come from, you know, Gabriel Cruz here even have during the his last mission. Of what you were pointing at, where you have alien inside. And you have said right away, you thought that that wasn't an alien inside the ship. That was that you ended up having Gabriel be infected. He puts himself in cryo sleep so that he can go back and they can deal with that. And I think that Just that's like still Ripley the deal. Alien Three, but she didn't know. She didn't know. He probably knows, right? I mean, he yeah. got that and he's going. Hey, that awful face hugger on me was the worst. Why, I know what's going and on. This is why he's connected to the hive mind. It seems with this new queen that was exactly. going out last and issue. You know what? We talked. We didn't even talk about that because it's not in the recap. Totally forgot no. about yeah. that. I wish they would have brought that up I in this too. issue again. And that's why I said to you before we started recording i do like this as the aliens deal and i do think that philip kenny johnson is right in thinking the idea we can't just have this plotting deal because he's aware it gets boring so you have to have full-out action he set that up i do like that you have that scar there to give you the wink wink if you are paying attention to that because yeah even- i thought the queen i wish that when he pulled out of this it, it ends this girl's song in a way that it seems she like did. he yeah but in the way like <laughs> 
it's that over narration but it goes a little too long maybe thinking people oh he hears that but what what i needed him is to wake up again from one of those dreams and nightmares because yeah, i totally forgot about that and it's a great element because you know going through the alien series the idea where you have a chest burster come out that becomes a full-grown alien over time but how often do you get an alien that's actually removed from the host and the host survives and what does that do to the host in the process making that connection to the hive mind I'm like that's some cool stuff that i want to see more of and i would have liked to have seen it especially with this alpha you know, on the run, cab, whatever, up My on baby Epsilon boy, Station. Alpha. I wish that that was something where we saw he had a full-out hive mind My embryo grew up that, just right? like me. Exactly. It's awful. <laughs> My chestburster so, grew up just really, like me. I might have to do that. I, I really <laughs> thought that maybe that was a play you could have had where he wakes up out of a dream thinking, oh, my God, something's happening on Epsilon Station. Then, oh, nothing's happening, only to have the guy. At the door, you got to let me he in. He should totally have an understanding of what's going on yes, in Epsilon right now, just I because thought. of his connection to Alpha and everything else that's going on in the alien world. The idea that he's just laying there awake at five twenty-five in the morning for when his boss, you know, knocks at his door and then you know, informs him of the whole situation, and not only that, but the idea that his his baby boy Danny went and stole a security yeah. guard. So if Danny screws up with this anti whale and Utani group and gets rid of Alpha, destroys all the stuff, not only is Danny going to go to jail if he's still alive, your ass yeah. is going to go to jail for negligence if you, he's, you know, negligence. If everything works all. Ted is you know, this, Ted's the guy who shows up and really is missing the boombox playing, you know, in your eyes. He could have had it. It's 5 25 in the morning. Well, he's going to wake people, up all the neighbors. People might get upset, but I'm hoping that they hook. Uh, gave up with a nice enough house that he doesn't have too many neighbors but you end up here where i don't know who's negligent because seriously i know that gabe he is the former security guy whatnot they seemingly forced him to retire we thought that why would they let he says we let like, you I, continue with the security card just in, in case, case you go back no 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 you reactivate it when exactly. he goes up you do not I, have this thing sitting well, I around i don't even think about the idea i'm sure we talked about it last review but the idea that this retired man still has full access full to this access. highly like classified situation in space there's a problem right there all your secrets that you want to ke- like kept hidden this guy just has access to to lose a card with. He's getting a little old. Exactly. I don't know if he's going to get forgetful. He's going to he lose his security clearance. And you don't, again, to have that sort of thing and to come back, they had to have really dug deep. Like, oh, I, well, I end up going with the idea. You yeah, yourselves. They, they did. They always do, Eric. Uh, I had a buddy who ended up, you know, the pizza place near your house that the guy ended up, the, the pizza place owner's son joined the FBI. Joined. He, he got hired by the FBI. They had to do like a year of background checks because his father because his father was a pizza place owner because of just the idea that there could be mob connections (laughs) not only that there there are so many mafia connections in this town to all the different pizza places here and yeah and that's the deal you get the mob cheese all that stuff going on that you get at you know mom and pop pizza but it took what were they doing when they looked into danny and now they know it just as a matter of fact, 36 hours or so later, they should have done their due diligence of this. And I wouldn't have been shocked if when he went down because of how like he's lucky they didn't just say you're retired and jettison him out in the space because you can't let the stuff he knows go too out. Much. But he knows too much and also has that connection. But it shocks me that the house on either side aren't Will and Yutani security agents watching. They should be synths. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that really shocks me, the idea of just throwing that as an aside. Hey, since you made us keep that security card fully active, you're in trouble if you don't do this. And I think that this is twofold. You want to be able to force him, Gabe, into doing something to go up, but also the idea that it throws it out because 
If you really thought about it, like, really? That card gets him in that? It's kind of bullcrap, but it works out. And yeah. he says, we're going to And it gets our it. story going, and that's the only reason that and it's actually show, here. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I'm saying, the whole deal. It's just a trope to get the story going. It's fine. You end up seeing that Danny was involved. You end up have Gabe has no idea about this. He hasn't seen, he's seen his son for two minutes. His kid came over, took a crap and left, stole his card. Uh, so he, but he doesn't want his son to die. It's like the he idea too, where he says he excused himself to the bathroom so he can go snoop and find the card, but he actually just went over there, blew up the toilet, ruined it and left. Yeah, really? Something one of your probably, kids would do. We were out of, out of toilet paper and he started using curtains. that's clogging <laughs> stuff up. I mean, you think that it's bad My on Epsilon Station? We got a code brown here in the apartment. Uh, but you end up where they convince him in a weird way. You like, got to go back, Gabriel. <laughs> go this back. is on you. If you find your son and save him, that's fine. Still, maybe get arrested and whatnot. First. But Alpha's first. Get that, and then we'll talk about it. Because now. in third, like you know, in a short amount of time, which it feels really weird for. I think this is a lie, but Waylon Yutani's representative Ted here, who used to be Gabe's boss, he pretty much says that the entire like space station is going to go into Earth's orbit and burn up to get rid of any threat or any kind of evidence they had against us. But for how much Waylon Yutani has put so many lives in jeopardy and all the money they've backed, they have a space station dedicated to this. I don't think that this is something they, they would have actually do. They a track record oh, too, are, right? Are, are you telling me that our entire space station is full of the stuff that we want more than anything else? Okay, we'll send a few people out there, maybe some sense. You're not destroying this. You actually might even want more. Yeah, and and in the meantime, Ted tries to play it off as maybe a twofold. The alpha is the only thing that's keeping you relevant. Also, like that's your legacy. Where you're going to be able to well, really? I mean, I'm waiting for him to go up and rip open those, you know, stitches there where they're not it's just like the idea anymore. that he I'm is this great hero that can pretty much say what he does in Waylon Yutani's group, even have security clearance after he leaves because he's the only guy that came back and wrote Alien Inside on a freaking stasis pod. Yeah, because he's a mommy. You did it, he's Gabe. a mommy, daddy. Way to go. <laughs> and yeah, so the whole thing is he's going to go up, they're going to give him two. Regular soldiers. And again, the idea synths. that they're going to give him two regular soldiers and not synths. I'm like, you want this to escalate. You want more people to that's get infected. And that's why you're sending and him up here. Gabe ends up saying later, and it kind of pulls it around of saying, I wish that they weren't so stingy and the synths cost so much. This is beyond cost, right? This whole deal with the Alpha is way beyond cost. They, they seem like, are they One just of the greatest things? threats you know of all I mean? time? It's so like, weird. Whenever you would get a new alien movie coming out, like from like aliens on and stuff like that, people were always imagining, oh my, actually, one of the first promo trailer teasers for Alien 3 before they realized what the movie was actually going to be because there was no script yet was the, like the, the teaser that the aliens were actually going to come to Earth finally, which is the greatest threat, the scariest thing you can think of. So it's like, yeah, let's, you know, do some stuff to make sure that this never happens because the world is over once that happens. Seriously, now that I'm thinking of it, <laughs> if we want to point out some flaws here, why the hell is Epsilon Station orbiting Earth? Why, why is it over near Pluto? I mean, things are usually going to go wrong. Why are you making that that it's right in your backyard? It's odd. I know that maybe they don't want to pay for the fuel out to Pluto. It is a little odd. It does. Again, a lot of this stuff just pushes the story quickly into things but really like right there so you end up having it just going bad planning on. in 2020 yeah well yeah and you end up Not having 2020 2200 2200 <laughs> and you end up bad even, planning in 2020 as well i like the juxtaposition of this and that original thing where it seems like he got the embryo where you have all that going you get the mention of sears a couple times because that was the guy i believe was you know i wasn't even supposed to be here like dante and clerks and yeah. uh he's a real horn dog that guy 
He's got some weird ideas of what they're up to. I mean, you have these Look, two new you, you guys. Go to, you go to Hadley's Hope. It's a space colony full of sex orgies, obviously. Yeah, that's what he thinks. I mean, I don't know who this Hadley is, Eric, but uh, he must be like the a future playboy. Are you thinking that? But Hadley they, they, hopes there's no pants on yeah, this planet. <laughs> hopes there's no rules or any sort of movements. You end up where these two new guys Fire are Island there, and they end up, yeah, really. They're all gung-ho about this. They're making fun of Gabe. Again, they, they say that they didn't look at the video that was kind of their briefing. That seems a little over. The, that seems like a it's weird a thing hunt. to do, too. The thing here, is, they, I actually find it weirder that we don't ever really talk about other aliens in the Alien franchise. So when they come out here and say, it's just going to be a bug hunt. And I'm like, how many other aliens do you go out and freaking hunt? Like the idea, like it's Starship Troopers now all of a sudden with the bug it, hunts and stuff like that. It's definitely Starship Troopers in my mind. Because even when the Nostromo in like the original Alien movie, they come across the space jockey, another giant alien species that's chest was burst open from the, like the xenomorphs. We never talk about the other alien species in this universe. It's always just the xenomorph. Like, I want to know what else you guys know. I, I think they were just exterminators. That's all. That's their day job. Eric, you know, oh, bug hunt. We're getting the roaches. And, and so they're going, but it the is. John Goodman and arachnophobia all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool deal, though, going with what we know was a real disaster of a mission, knowing that these yuck yucks, you know, are in some big trouble. It's a nice little back and forth with it. Like you said, well, though, this is a very aliens type issue. Where well, you're not only have that, action. because, like, one of my things, I'm going to have a weird theory every issue, I think, because I had that weird clone one that didn't pan out for me by the second issue. But this one, it seems like Philip Kennedy Johnson actually wants to do something like a bit clever here, where you do have something that's going on two years after Aliens. And the idea that Gabriel Cruz here, our main character, was on a mission to what looks like Hadley's Hope before they got a hold of Ripley and, like, and the colonial marines and brought everybody down to the planet because it seems at some point, you know, Bishop, this model Bishop, and, you know, uh, Cruz and a whole bunch of other people like soldiers were sent out to find a distress signal on a ship. So whoever was on Hadley Soap, it looks like somebody got off before everything went to hell on a, like a uh, escape pod, like a escape ship off the planet and this is what they're going to go check outside of the Hadley's Hope colony which the Space Marines went and Ripley went and checked out in Aliens and this seems like a completely different sidestep to actually keep things going for the company outside of what we actually know from the Aliens movie. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. And I I actually at this point I am I'm digging this issue. I, I actually like it a little more than last issue even though last issue threw some really big things at you. Obviously, oh, yeah, you're my, guessing and wondering the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So we go to this, but it, again, you said uh, you even messaged me. This is more like aliens. I'm like, so you're singing my tune here. Yeah. And, and I do like the back and forth. You get, you know, some of these these two guys. Like I said, they, they don't know what they're getting into, and that's a really good setup for an oh, alien. Going through type the dark deal. space corridors, going in, and Cruz is laying down like the freaking uh, the face huggers, the egg layers, the chest bursters, the Xeno. He is telling them like. Now, he's telling them and us everything you need to know about an alien franchise going forward here. What's it going to happen to them? And that's what I said. I guess that he wanted that first issue. I know how it's set up, so it works out how he set up anyway. But that first issue seemed to be a deep dive that kind of lost me a little why I asked you to even come on the podcast because I needed you to kind of reel me in and, and kind of show me. This ends up really giving you some of the rules and some of the things where if you didn't read any and i'm afraid that some people might have been you know turned off a bit from that first issue thinking oh this is just for people who are not just alien aliens fans the franchise deal but also want to see some like you know little easter eggs and things like that because that's what you're gonna get out of it and i'm gonna like it through you 
uh, but I'm here to see some xenomorphs and I want some guns ablaze and, and we get that here. And I like the idea then also with you telling me and us both agreeing that he had brought back the alpha. And even yeah. with the talk about He's that, the your legacy. Epsilon Station is even here because of what he brought back and all the other like the like experiments that happened since then is all because of Gabriel Cruz here. And the idea, I'm guessing he brought back Alpha. And you know, they say Alpha too, because when I think of Alpha, I think of a male figure for whatever reason. Maybe I'm a weird biased person, but yeah, you are. You're the alpha. idea of a queen alien, it probably is a queen alien they brought back because then you'd have to lay eggs to have the face huggers to do more subsequent, you know, experiments, stuff like that. But for whatever reason, when you say Alpha like that and I get a male like sense to it, I'm like, did you bring back a king alien? I don't even know what that is. And I'm yeah, sure they've done it in the different thing. things. I'm like, is this something new and different we've never seen before? Or at least I haven't seen before. Or like this is the deal where you could get into and I don't know how spiritual he'll get with this whole, you know, hive mind of the alien deal. But maybe this thing that he brought back where we see it seemingly at the end and it is pretty horrific uh, that he's kind of tapping into something that humans never should. It's pointing out to get the queen to earth, like all these things going on, which it's very interesting for me once you like I said, things that you explain and kind of theories for. And talking things out with that, the idea of Alpha, I'd have to assume that it would be the Queen then because of the weird connection that he has to the Queen mind. Like, you know, even giving it a more like that other H.R. Geiger like design where it's not quite like a human alien hybrid that he designed. It never got used. But like when we saw that in the dream state, I'm like. All right, that makes more sense because this is obviously like a female representation, so a queen alien. So I'm guessing it w- Alpha would be a queen because it is the, the beginning of everything else that they're doing here. But even when you see the alien at the end go after one of the you know the soldiers here, that's just a regular xenomorph. He's horrifying, but you ain't see nothing yet, well, especially for all I the said, experiments with yeah, different well, hosts yeah, making different things. things. Now again, though, I got a like, scorpion alien action figure right oh here. My. That's crazy. I go with I, it's weird because I go by the alpha as like you said, like the big, but more of like the biggest soul, like the Darth Vader, and that the 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 queen, that's the emperor, and she's off doing her nonsense, whatever you know. I'm thinking this one's just talking. Yeah, I maybe he's done. Right, and, and so you end up. No, that's uh. Admiral, that's how bad these. That's how bad the xenomorphs are. You're afraid of a Tarkin. That's Admiral Niet. He's he's a <laughs> yeah, big exactly. trouble. He's a big trouble. <laughs> that guy. Uh, but I'm I'm guessing that maybe that'll be the twist. Maybe is the idea that you think the Alpha is the big big. big then we find out. No, no, no. That's just something that ended up going on. It's connecting him to the hive mind, and it's going to point the direction of Earth, but also this weird deal with and and it is a cool idea of having a guy and, and that he's not a clone actually works out better yeah. with, with all this too with this idea that he might be the craziest like what whale and yutani they have a key to get to the biggest thing and the queen and stuff like that but it's also bringing that to them which is what they do and all the alien things well, they end up the wanting thing to do too. something and it fails because with Bishop being like a, another Bishop model, when we say Bishop, there's a bunch of Bishop models here, but Bishop being his pretty much psychiatrist here, Waylon Utani doesn't even have the benefit, like has more than just the benefit of having a biological like way of doing this, but having a psychological a way to know what these xenomorphs are as well with Cruz here. Yeah, and that's crazy. That is up in the ante. That's another layer to the deal of not just- They thought well, they we wanted can... the body, but also they wanted the they mind wanted the now. the mind and the heart. It's it's been within him all along, Gabriel. Sadly, Cruz. oh my God, Much it's the worst. Yeah, really, it, it really ruined his life. Uh, but yeah, uh, with all that, plus we went with the idea that we thought it was a clone and that yeah, yeah. his expiration date was coming. But maybe the idea is like 
He's a wackadoo with this hive mind. We got to get him off the station because they didn't want it to be a tough. Well, I that's don't the know idea. Because- let's, let's just say if the queen, I don't, we don't know what's going on with Alpha. If they had Alpha in a weird stasis or something like that, whether this Alpha is the queen that he's connected to or not, or just, you know, he's connected, uh, connected to the greater hive mind of another queen. But the idea that he could be a ticking time bomb where if he's on this Epsilon station with a full on outbreak of xenomorphs and a queen, he might, you know, turn sides. He might turn. That, that's the thing. And they might think that, you know, without him even knowing it with these dreams, he might already He's be a, a double agent, candidate. Right? Doesn't yeah, know he it. is. He doesn't know. A I don't Zimorphian know how. candidate. I don't know how you'd have the Zamorphian candidate works? trigger. It's just, Wah! isn't that what the noise is? That's my alien noise. Wah! Sure. There sure. you go. <laughs> that first <laughs> alien movie, I, I'm telling you, scared the pants off me. I mean, it well, scared the job. pants off of me, Eric. And it was bad because I was in a theater at the time. It's an outer space uh, slasher flick. Of course it scared you. I was a little kid. I was real little, and I, I, I was so scared. Uh, but, yeah, you end up where he spells out the rules for us. You also set up the classic, even go to slasher deal, of the guy, eh, what is it? You're like Mr. Cool here, who's not going to follow the rules. When's You're he like, going to die? You are going to die. And, and I'm sitting there, well, there's nobody for you to go make sweet love to and piss off the slasher. So you're just going to be the guy who just gets targeted. And he does. And it's set up very well with the face hugger, too. If it goes oh, you got on a you, face hugger jumping out of the way, trying to figure out how to get this thing off before you've even shown the xenomorph. So you have multiple threats in here on top of a scary atmosphere where you're just waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And I really, for me, I actually really like the little detail. And this is something that this might be one of my favorite Philip Kennedy Johnson issues he's done. I don't oh, think he's going into the detail that he is here. And a naturalized dialogue that he he's not doing that in the superman books right now at dc in my mind but even when he's like you got like almost like it reminded me when i was looking for that damn cricket that was down here in the basement like <laughs> it's not just going to be in the open and he spells it out they're going to have the eggs they're going to be any face ever will be up high be, out of the yeah, gas they're going to be up high there's that gas there so it was really played out really well that you're going and it was not boring. You were getting some information, yes, but it was good information. You're like, oh my God, what's happening as well, even you the see idea, if you, things if go you wrong. find a survivor and you think he's infected, kill him. And if you get infected yourself, kill yourself. Yeah. I like the idea of like kill this, kill this. If a face hugger gets in your face, just kill yourself. You're done. And like, even when you he don't says this, it. it's all through a narration. It's like, and if an egg layer gets onto your face, to do yourself a favor and kill yourself. And as he's saying this, you can see the like the reflection of it, like him inside the stasis tube where it says alien inside because he is because lived he knows. he knows. Yeah, he knows. And that just shows you his life is a living hell. He can't sleep because of these nightmares. He's connected to the hive mind. They make it from him. His kid's a jerk. He clogged up the toilet, <laughs> all this stuff. And then he's there, but he does say, we're not leaving because you kind of go back and forth with this. Hey, we didn't watch the, you know, the briefing. These guys say, which in my mind was the setup for him then to go in and say, Oh, yeah, you didn't see the briefing? Well, so we have to get all the survivors. And he says, we're going to look for survivors. Survivors, they never said anything about survivors in the briefing. Yeah, you didn't watch it, jerk. I mean, but they said. I don't think they had it. I think there was up there as cannon fodder. Yeah, really. I know. Uh, We're not leaving until we find my son. They end up going to these deals, which ends up really like a video game-esque thing, even like a Metal Gear Solid, where somebody is probably hiding in the lockers. And, and she is. Yeah, they find the girl and she's there and she says right the away. Scientist yeah, the that scientist. That came upon the last time that she was like, you know what? Not I'm not going to let you one, do this. the main one, the intern. And yeah, and she says, I'm not infected. I'm like, I'm oh, listening to you. <laughs> you don't look like a Danny to me. You're I like that dead. too. Danny Cruz, where is he? I, 
I don't know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> My name's yeah. Dorsey. Like, I don't know. Going on. We're doing all these things. And then you get a little bit of the, you know, revealing, hey, we've been doing some really messed up experiments here. So oh, watch obviously. out. We're going to run like into baby horse. They're oh going to alien sitting there. Uh, the one that, I thought that that one looked like a, a dinosaur. Uh, there and I'm dinosaur like, oh, alien? All of a sudden, Jurassic Park freaking yeah, alien it looks movie. Like it. I mean, we're getting it all here. Why not? They're going to have Jurassic Park on the moon. Uh, you end up, though. It, yeah, life like, finds a way. And then freaking Jeff Goldblum gets ripped in half by an alien Damn tail. Damn right, he would. It, it's just like everything's disgusting. All the alarms are going. It does a w- good way with that that red deal. And that's not what the alarm sounds like. And they go and that's they what Jurassic run Park in. Sounds One like. of the guy ends up getting a face hugger. They throw it. They start shooting. And then you get this big xenomorph coming out there. And it's pretty, pretty intense. I mean, you end up with that, too. And... Yeah, it ripped out its ribs. I'm like, are you just doing play by play? It looks like he's enjoying this. Like, maybe this is the double agent. Give me some of them ribs. Uh, and yeah, this girl, this intern keeps saying, you shouldn't have come here. It's, I agree. It's bad. This and is then, bad news yeah. bears. Yeah, and then the next, none of us should have come here. Ooh, like, it's shade. the future. It's 2200 right now. I'm sure you can actually procreate even at your age, Gabriel. You don't need Danny anymore. It's not like you had a really good connection to him anyway. Just leave him. Again, you know what? He did have to come here or they're going to throw his ass in jail. Yeah, that's the only reason. That's why you okay. had to have that card. I mean, it didn't make sense that they it's left funny. He's that going open. Through, but... He's trying to find Danny Cruz. Where's Danny Cruz? It's just when he wants to give him an ass whooping is while it is. Well, look what you made me do. He's trying to enjoy my retirement. What are you doing, Dad? Uh, this is for what I didn't see you do. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. I was sitting on the porch and I opened up a beer. This is my retirement, Danny, and this is what you had me do. Yeah, yeah you screwed me. But it says next, Paradise. reunion. Is that a reunion, Eric, with Danny? Or is it a or reunion Alpha? with the Xenomorph Alpha? Maybe both. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Now, the, the screwed up thing would be that you end up having Danny is already infected. And then you have Gabe. and they're grandpa. Just gonna, no, they're going to start like full house <laughs> or something. <laughs> they're going to go up. And now we have a sitcom. Two is enough. They'll have as it. And they're going to, oh, man, the, the older Alpha doesn't really get along with the beta. My two xenomorphs. Yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. But yeah, the oh. art's pretty good. I like the coloring. I like that red deal when things really amp up. It, it gives you that weird. Oh yeah, you like, got that warning light, you know, red pace. light going on in the background. It works really well for the space station aspect. Yeah, I, I'm going eight point three out of ten. I, I did enjoy this. I thought that again. There's a lot of mysteries that we want to have solved and things like that, but to get everybody kind of like this, and I, I, I can get, wait. You're amping up the action. I'm having yeah, a good time. Yeah, that's what I'm here. saying. I think that maybe this is what he'll do to be able to have that alien type slower build issue. You'll then get an aliens one shortly after, and I'm good with that. I'm Look, we're going to ape that. everyone in the franchise right now. This is an yeah. aliens issue. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. And now we get the alien resurrection coming up. Alien that three wants. after that. Nah, I skipped that one, Eric. I, I didn't Most see people any did. of them after aliens. <laughs> like you said, I didn't even know. Like you said, there was a trailer and they were going to come to Earth and stuff like that. No, it wasn't I'm not a trailer. It was now. just a teaser that they put out there because aliens hit so hard at the box. of like, oh man, we got to do another one. All of a sudden, it's like Back to the Future. Hey, what, let's do another one. And who like, was the original uh, scriptwriter for that? Do you remember? Offhand? I don't remember. I want to get their cut, Aaron. Because that alien resurrection, he ended up getting uh, Joss Whedon got called in to fix some things, I believe. And no, uh, no, yeah. Joss Whedon, I think, actually did the original screenplay, and they just messed it up. No, then maybe he should have the hashtag the Joss Whedon cut, and then I don't we could want all that go cut. full circle, right? Look, I, I don't want Ripley as a clone you in don't the far from future with no, bounty hunters don't. cut. Okay, well, we won't already got add, that. That's it's too awful. much of a hashtag. It's not, and not even catch that. On. The hashtag human alien freaking thing that you know she ended up, you know. 
that was given birth by the alien they ripped out of her that was like half human as well. So you had a queen alien with a womb that gave birth to a monster. That that sounds ridiculous. Oh, my God. It was so bad. All right. Well, that's that. But what would you give it? Eight out of ten. I had a good time with this. I enjoy, still enjoyed the art like I did the last issue. We're amping up the action, which I really enjoy. But like you said, there's a lot of mysteries that you still want to see that, like, you know, obviously you don't have to do it right now. But I would have liked it. Like you said, I would have loved to go on back and seen more of that dream state that he's connected to because I forgot all about that. So the idea that I forgot about something that was something that I really wanted to see more of in the first issue was a problem for me. Yeah, I agree. And then it would make something if this is if the alpha is indeed the queen, it would remind you and, and give you that idea of how that was and what. Especially so. if things are amping up on Epsilon for the first time ever. You think that he would know about it back on yeah. Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to have had that connection, at least with the alpha that was his, you know, his baby. His, and and at least that Girl. baby didn't screw him yet. I mean, you, you have his this other isn't kid, right? So there you go. But uh, yeah, really, you don't want that. But Never be thank spliced. you for joining me, Eric. Again, uh, hopefully you'll join me for the next issue. And then when we get Maybe. the Predator, and then when we start talking AVP. Avengers, and then when we're talking, I'm just forcing you in. This is my backdoor, backdoor pilot of Eric Shea back on the That's field. a dynamite but, book. We're going to do Boom Goes the Dynamite. true. Boom Goes the Dynamite. Only Boom and Dynamite books on that. It's a real Everybody's odd concept. It's so weird. Uh, but... I will go up now. I'm going to be joined by Clay as we go through Amazing Spider-Man and Avengers. All right. And I'm here with my man, Clay. What up, Clay? Doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, I'm lovely as we go into two books here. Uh, two books that I, I kind of like. I don't know. We haven't talked together about the Avengers in a little bit. That whole Phoenix Force tournament thing. We, we got so sick. Of, <laughs> we dropped and, off pretty quickly. Yeah, we did. And, and <laughs> if, if anybody hadn't seen at one point, it was leaked that the whole Phoenix Force was going to be going to Echo. And I ended up sending you that. And you said, that can't be true, right? And I said, well, we'll see. And once I found that, like, really, like, I'm glad that we kind of dropped off at a bit. Uh, as a deal because it was not great and when we go into that issue that'll be the second issue we go into but when we even go into that it, that book just has problems it, it has problems trying to maybe announce that people should be reading it I, it I don't see anybody talking about it ever and now we go off to Heroes Reborn we have one issue and then we get into Heroes Reborn and I'm actually kind of excited to see what Heroes Reborn is about um, but I'm afraid that once it starts, I'm going to be like, really? Like this? Well, and, because- and that's the issue with kind of every arc that Aaron has started. It's like there's a lot of hype with the announcement of these things because he 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 does the same thing any writer would do. He takes really popular characters and like, hey, this character is going to be a part of my story. And everybody's get everybody gets really excited. And then he does nothing with those characters or the story has nothing to do with that character. So it has very little to do with that character. And they always end with a thud because of that, right? Because you're you're just like, really? Like even the whole Moon Knight, people were fired up. Oh, man, Moon Knight, this might lead to it. Because at one point he ended up having the, the Avengers book almost being like, a bunch of backdoor pilots for other books, age, you know, Agents of Wakanda, stuff like that going on. So I, I know when the Moon Knight deal came out, people were like, oh, my God, we might get a Moon Knight book out of this. Well, we, we haven't yet. We are going to have something coming up from Jeb McKay, but seemingly not really tied into what Jason Aaron was doing anyway. But 
even with all that, I just want the Avengers. And we do get an issue this week that is kind of more of the Avengers than we had, but yet they still seem to be separated apart and not wanting anybody to know what's going on with them. Yeah. And then we and then we have a little echo. Then we have we'll get into that. But by the time uh, we get done this section, because we're here to start with the Amazing Spider-Man, actually uh, an issue that I didn't mind. And it's King's Ransom Part 2. I, I don't mind mainly because by the end, I'm right. I'm proven right again of what I said was going to happen, <laughs> at least the first step of what's going to happen with Boomerang. And I'm worried, really worried now that he's not going to make it out of this arc. But we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with that. But it is Amazing Spider-Man number 64, written by Nick Spencer with art again by Federico Vicentini for this arc. And the art still, I liked it. I, I, it fits in well with what we have gotten before in this from all the other artists. So I'm happy with that. Here is the deal. Peter is rocking a new high-tech suit courtesy of Threats and Menaces. The suit allows TNM subscribers to watch the world through Spidey's eyes, sending subscriptions through the roof. Spidey has been dueling with a spike in supervillain activity thanks to New York City Mayor Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, who's seeking the piece of the powerful Lifeline tablet. Peter and his roommate reform villain, in quotes, Fred Myers, a.k.a. Boomerang, have been trying to keep the pieces out of Kingpin's hands. So Kingpin assembled a cabal of villains to distract Spidey and Boomerang while he schemes behind the scenes with Baron Mordo. Meanwhile, and that, that shows you there's a lot going on here. Uh, meanwhile, Peter's other roommate, Randy Robertson, rekindled his relationship with criminal Janice Lincoln, a.k.a. The Beetle, which outraged their fathers, arch enemies, Robbie Robertson and Lonnie Lincoln, a.k.a. Tombstone, Madam Mask and the crime master ambushed Randy and Janice at Peter's apartment. They were holding them hostage when Peter and Fred returned. A fight ensued in the apartment was blown open. Nobody died. Uh, we, you know, I said, uh, you're playing that the last issue. Oh, my God. But nobody died. They seemingly just everybody escaped. They got out of there. But we actually start with Norman Osborn, who in this panel looks like he's trying to give Captain America a run for the money. As fast a smile that we'll get to in the next issue. It looks exactly like it. It's him with a suit. He's running because something is going on with Harry Kindred, and that something is that Kingpin has gotten Baron Mordo already, you know, ripping apart Kindred, pretty much torturing him so that he'll talk. And Kingpin just seems like he's just having a grand old time. He's got that scarf on that bothers me. Uh, but yeah, you have Norman come in. What the hell are you doing? And, you know, you end up having Kimpin just being Kimpin, saying, I'm in charge. It doesn't matter what we agreed to before. That it, I'm the one. He's like Darth Vader here. Basically, pray I don't alter the deal anymore. I'm going to get answers, and I'm going to get them any way that I can, whenever and with whoever. And it just kind of ends there with, you know, Norman looking upset and We've been going back and forth with the idea, is Norman really on the up and up? Is he? And I, I do think that this pushes it towards more of him being on the up and up, more of him now not wanting, you know, his son and kindred to get hurt like this. But it also gives them a thing to point at in Kingpin and Mordo because, you know, it's kind of bullcrap of what they decided on. Uh, do you agree with that? Because it seems like, you know, Norman's pretty pissed. It, it does seem that he's pretty pissed, but I think more so he's angry, of course, you know, because he, for one, is always, like you said, he always usually is on the up and up. And I, 
I don't know. It's it's so a trope thing for both Kingpin and Norman to always have known all along, you know? Uh, so we saw last issue that Kingpin had cameras in this facility um, because they were at the uh, uh, Ravencroft. Yeah, so... You know, maybe Norman didn't know that, and that's why he's kind of upset that, like, all of a sudden they know where he is, and you know they uh, they're torturing him. But at the same time, I would not be surprised if Nick Spencer wrote it in like two issues down the line, like, "Oh, I knew you were spying me the entire time, and now yeah, I get to I'm trick to you." It, you know, yeah, yeah it probably it, will be something like that. It, I know it's going to go back and forth and back and forth, and it's a small thing that annoys me, but I know it, it's. I would much rather have this than what we had at the very beginning of the run where we would get like maybe one panel of like the little centipede or maybe the grin of Kindred or, you know, at least we're actually getting story with Kindred. And I know that we're finally going to be pushing towards that, but it's just like we always say, he is taking his sweet time with it. Yeah. And he's taking his time again. And again, you ended up having Kindred in this dark prism and you know, you had Norman last issue bringing the picture. Hey, I was talking to Normie about the time we went down to the, you know, the amusement park and things like that. And yeah, you have to get going a little more forward with this. I think that this ends up being something where in a slow burn type of way, we'll end up where maybe Norman will have to actually even save Kindred from what's going on. And that will up the ante of getting forward to this. Because again, at the end of the Kindred story and all that stuff going on, me and you were excited because you ended up Kindred Harry saying, you guys mess things up, both of you. You got to find out, figure out what happened, try to change it, thinking like one more day, all that stuff. And then that just got boom, it stopped. And that's what we've been wanting since then. And hopefully, you know, we're going to get it. And this is just there to inch forward just a little bit. Uh, but we do go off then to Tombstone and Robbie. And we were on the record as saying, eh, you know, I don't really care that much about this whole deal. I don't know. This issue actually makes me like it a little more that they are teaming up. And I thought that they might anyway. But, yeah, this team up of pe- guys who hate each other for reasons that they have uh, is kind of a cool deal because their daughter and son are in trouble. They're blaming each other. I mean, Robbie's basically saying it's you and your villain past and all these mob things and all that. And then you end up having Tombstone say, no, 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 it's you and you're snooping. And and when I'm sitting here from the outside thinking, I'm, no, it's more you, Tombstone. I mean, the snooping's one thing, but still, <laughs> I mean, the, the people that you're involved with, especially why they showed up and how. And Nick Spencer does twist it that you end up having, you know, Crime Master and Madame Mask. They were there actually to get Janice. And Randy, in this twisting turnabout way of they just want to use all this chaos of the Lifeline tablet to end up getting in on the action on the street level deal and take over Tombstone's Empire deal and on all this. So that's pretty cool. The thing is, though, Spider-Man comes in and he has the Threats and Menaces costume, which you even see how this worked out, that it did go well, that he's able to use these, you know, nanoparticle deals and being able to quick change like that the unstable molecules that it is but i still just think well what's being televised what's being what's going on with this because i'm glad that we see some more of the suit but 
it was pushed so big when he got it. You know, hey, there's polls going on and there's online deal. And then we just got away from the social media aspect of it. And that, you know, caveat where everything goes to Jay Jonah and Peter and then is allowed to go out. Uh, it just is an odd deal here that we're not like knowing what is being seen, what's being could, recorded. And things. Could it be possible that maybe, you know, in a high, you know, adrenaline uh, situation such as this, maybe uh, Parker accidentally pressed the record well, button? That's, and what's weird about it, what I think might happen is the idea, because remember, and Jay Jonah, did he, he did say that it was him and, and Peter, that were the ones who were allowed to press the button, right? Them working there or even Spider-Man. But what do you do when you have a day's worth of footage that needs to get out there? And Spider-Man is Peter and they're out doing things that you can't really. I think Jay Jonah might just go over, start pressing stuff and doing that. Uh, because, <laughs> the lazy edit. Yeah, you know, he, it's just like, and, yeah. Ah, the friend looks exactly. good. The end looks good. Let's post it. Yeah, you have Nora saying, what's going on? We haven't updated anything in eight hours because, you know, Spider-Man Peter Parker, he can't come back and talk. And so he does that or you'll have that lazy deal. You had it in Silk in that number one where she accidentally, instead of saving the deal, she presses, you know, publish. This happens all the time, the trope. But I I would have liked to have Jay. I love Jay Jonah in his ear. And I would like to have had it just a little bit. Where Jay Jonah's like, oh my God, what's Robbie up to? And like, cut, cut the line, Jay Jonah. Like, just so you know that everything's going on. But I do like the suit, and it does allow that quick change. But I don't think they're utilizing it enough in these stories since that big reveal issue that was like the wow moment of it. Uh, but it did help him get out of this situation where you do have Madam Mask and this new crime master it's spelled out that they went to pretty much kidnap Randy. And Janice, like I said, we thought that this was just, well, we'll grab them because we were there for Boomerang and the Lifeline tablet, but that's not the case. And you find that out, just them pretty much telling Randy and Janice the steal. And and you get that back and forth where if you think that this relationship is going to continue, I think you should hope that Janice shuts her mouth a little. Because anytime any evil is being mentioned, she fangirls completely, then wants to have Madame Mass still... After all of this, hey, uh, you can mentor me, things like that, where Randy's just like, this is bullcrap. Like, we got to get out of here. Uh, and even she, like, dismisses him at a point and even says that, hey, you know, don't embarrass me in front of, you know, the evil people. So hopefully Randy at this after this is like, I'm out of here. I don't need any parts of you. Um, but like I said, I like the Tombstone Robbie team up in a way that they're forced to team up. They're going to use their you know, underworld deals from Tombstone and the snooping from Robbie to figure out what's going on with their kids. And that does lead them to Mirage. And you end up having a pretty funny little deal. I here. really like this. Yeah, part this, of the this book. I liked a lot where he's and he wants he wants to do a column in, in, in the the freaking Daily Bugle, like from the villain's perspective, you know, the opinion column from a working supervillain he wants to have. And it's been something that it seems like every time that Robbie needs info, he goes and somewhat promises them that they'll do that, but never does it. And this whole thing is going down. And I did like the whole talk, even when he says, listen, this isn't like business. This is personal. And, and you, have, you have Mirage saying, whoa, 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 let's keep it professional here. I'm actually <laughs> writing this off as a business lunch, by the way. And it made me laugh so much. 
And then Tombstone steps in and says, this isn't working. Uh, let's do it my way. And just hangs him off the side of a building like Batman and just says, give us the info. And yeah, you end up finding out a little. And hey, you know, there's a shop uptown. And they gave me their card. And I hope it didn't fall out of my pocket because he's going to want to go there. But yeah, I thought it was really funny, the, the whole deal with that. But you take it from here where you end up having Spider-Man go to get Boomerang, who got knocked out. Yeah, he, and- he got knocked out. He actually knocked him out on purpose, or at least it kind of shown that it was on purpose. Um, when the entire explosion happened at the apartment, he actually pulled him back. He hit his head and he's like, okay, he's incapacitated. I can change. I'll do whatever I need to. Um, unfortunately, it didn't really work as as he planned uh, because he was you know knocked back or whatever. But he ended up putting uh, Boomerang on a roof. And he's like, okay, I will come back and get you. Everything should be fine. And he's not there. He's very confused. He's like, man, he didn't leave so much as a note. And there was a note on the door um, on top of that building. And it's from Boomerang. And he's like, Peter... You know, sweet, helpless, weakling Peter. <laughs> so <you're>... good. <laughs> this is why I love Boomerang. It's so great. He's, he's like, I really appreciate your friendship and getting me in touch with Spider-Man and how we've been doing all of these things for the tablet. But my my luck is running out. I can feel it. And he says, I actually uh, don't want to put anybody else in harm's way. Uh, he mentions Aunt May. He mentions uh, Gog and Randy. And he's like, I actually got a vision for the last part of the tablet. Uh, so don't try to be getting Spider-Man in here. I need to do this on my own. Yeah. And it's funny because it's Boomerang. So you get the Boomerang style. Now. But it, it could even be Spider-Man writing the note to Spider-Man. This is something that he's grappled with all this time. So this is... You know, pretty much Boomerang realizing what Peter has realized all along and has had problems with and all these things going down with that. And so you ended up having a really cool deal with that. But the the best line in my mind in this is meeting you and becoming the best friend you've ever had, for instance. (laughs) Like he's so over the top, but it fits and it works. And you can't help but if you've read all this run, you can't help but fall in love with Boomerang. At the beginning, it seemed very ridiculous. I mean, one of the first things you saw made me laugh was Boomerang coming out of a the bedroom with Peter's undies on and, you know, all that going on. And since then, though, he's been a complete gem. He has. And you see that Randy is now kidnapped. And all of this seems to be now with this, actually, them being kidnapped wasn't for the Lifeline tablet. Uh, though Boomerang doesn't know And Gog almost gets hurt with that Aunt May the, you know, Things going on And it really does work out great And it's going to lead in my mind For him to be really hurt or dead And that I don't want Because I love him And so you have a lot of things going on And again we said it in kind of quickly But Crime Master and Madame Mask What they're doing is kidnapping Janice And Randy To cause a big ruckus about what's happening and all this chaos to then have them being able to take, I said, Tombstone's whole empire, all these things going on. But they kind of do plan on killing them and making it look like it was all somebody else's fault, everything going on with that as everybody's looking for the lifeline tablet pieces and boomerang, even though 
at the beginning we saw Kingpin has gone past that plan. We even said, why were we going for all these tablet pieces when he just got Baramordo to come and say, you know, enough of those pieces, we'll keep them busy. So even with that, Kingpin's still playing this crazy game where he has all of the villains in New York City all running around after Boomerang while he's already gone to plan B and trying to get the stuff out of Kindred again, which was the original plan. So I, I, I like all the chaos, all these things going on. But yeah, I'm I'm really worried about Boomerang. I hope that he doesn't die. Uh, that would be awful because I do like him. You see next issue, uh, and he's getting attacked by everybody. Spider-Man's being attacked. I mean, everybody's there, and that's pretty cool. And, which I didn't know at the beginning, but you do, you do have a backup type deal. Yeah, that is I thought that was up, the end of the issue. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And you have a backup where there's Doc Ock. And he's pulling out a grave, you see centipede. So even with it pushing towards, you know, that sort of thing. And when he opens up this tomb deal, it is empty. So he's on the the run. He ends up getting hit by a sonic deal, it looks like, and falls. But that's no, the whole thing hit, for Sinister. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, it's, centipede it's the, goes in. It's the centipede. Yeah, so you uh, have more of that. But my thing here is they strategically put narration boxes on the gravestone so you can't even see whose grave yeah, he's digging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that yeah. is a smart play. You know, there's a little bit of tension, there's a little bit of suspense, but the one thing that I kind of rolled my eyes at and I think kind of docks half a point in my rating is it says this July Sinister War and I'm just like, oh my god, I, I, like there's just another event again and I completely understand you know, but every single time there is an event, like even with Avengers that's coming up with this uh, Heroes Reborn, I'm worried that it's going to be another uh, uh, King in Black. And we're going to have another 30 plus tie in issues. And I'm just like, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't. And, and what this is, Doc Ock, and I'm telling you, I didn't realize there was a backup. So I had that. You end up having Doc Ock go and he's going to go and try to find the. Secrets of why he can't remember some things. His, his memory has a fog, a shadow in it, and then you end up having a voice talking to him, and you would assume that it is Kindred because you end up, again, having these centipedes that end up saying, hey, I'm, I'm your voice in your head. I'm going to get in your head. And, yeah, ends up saying there's no need to fight. This is all a necessary part of the process. And, yeah, about everybody having something to fight against in our own little hells, it says by the end. But like you said, they cover up the gravestone with that but yeah it's just a peak of this july sinister worm we'll get these solicits probably this week as well from marvel so we'll see what that is what it's all about and all that going on but overall i'm more judging the actual issue itself but i'm going to give it an eight out of ten i actually did enjoy the different pieces of it i like though i'm worried about boomerang i like that letter it was full just 100 percent boomerang i like mirage having the business lunch uh, and I like seeing Robbie and and Tombstone having to team up to say, yeah, afterwards, they're probably going to be like, OK, I hate you again, whatever, and go because they're still blaming each other for, you know, the overall deal. But I like seeing them team up and, and having this all go down with Spider-Man trying to figure things out. I'm down with it. But uh, what about you? You know, I wanted to I wanted to give. It, a seven five, like we said before uh, the recording. But honestly, I did enjoy all of those things that you just said. This was a good story. Um, you know, we are a little bit annoyed with the fact that you know Spencer is taking his time, but that's 
partly why it's not a nine or a 10. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with an eight. Yeah. I think that it's good enough for me to have some, and really I have to give it credit because I didn't think I was going to care at all about Robbie and tombstone and to twist it around to make Madame Mask and this new crime master. And even that, the joke of, really, you're going with, like, the original crime master sucked. Why Why do you take up these names? That made me giggle as well. And not knowing who it might be and whatnot. So I, I thought that it was all pretty cool. Now we'll go to the Avengers book, which looks good, right? You, you have Blade on the cover with the Vampire Nation. That's cool. You got the boy thing. And I'm trying to be positive about this, but it's Avengers number 45. The King in Blood by Jason Aaron and Luca Marasca on art and David Coriel on colors, letters, VCs, Corey Petit. And we have, here we go, because if you don't know about Null, I'll fill you in a little two weeks after the event. And Null, the creator and god of an alien symbiote, led a horde of symbiote dragons to Earth. The Earth heroes, including the Avengers, managed to defeat Null after a mighty battle and a great sacrifice. Members of the Avengers also participated in a tournament to determine the new host of the Cosmic Phoenix Force. With Echo emerging the victor as the Avengers deal with the fallout of these recent events, old enemies lurk in the shadows, including Dracula and his vampire nation. And what I think that this issue has a problem with is that Jason Aaron, the Avengers book, completely was left out of the King and Black stuff, even though the individual characters were involved. The Avengers book itself was doing the Phoenix Force deal. To then throw in at the end saying, oh, here we are, we're done with that King and Black, seemingly making it seem like that and the Phoenix Force tournament happened at the same exact time because we're there in a issue that is dealing with that. Hey, King and Black, all right, high five, we beat it. Oh, there's Echo. Yep, I'm the Phoenix Force now. I'm like, when did these things take place? And if they would have taken place, say, you tell me, the Phoenix Force story was before the King and Black because this seems right after the King and Black deal, then why wasn't she involved with taking out Null? Because she's the Phoenix Force, and she probably could have just decimated him immediately. And it it gets on my nerves, this kind of non-setup to get into this, then to just go to Heroes Reborn, next issue. And, And the other thing about it is, why couldn't you have had some Avengers book stories going into this, maybe a backup, showing the vampires actually helping with the attack on Null? The thing that we saw at the end of King and Black number five was that they were loving life because there was no sun. They became the all day walkers because the sun had been blocked out by that shell. I didn't see much of them helping out against Noel himself. They were hanging out in Chernobyl, all happy. Then the minute that Noel went down, they attacked Blade and then Blade went to town on them. It, it just nothing really jives with me overall with this, especially. When did, did, has Echo just gotten two days ago? Yesterday? When did the King of Black end? Because they just don't jive. And and it throws me off in a book that we're getting this one-shot deal to go off to Heroes Reborn for a while, uh, basically getting Blade off the team so that he can go and be the sheriff of Vampire Town there in Chernobyl. This does even tie in and maybe even steps on the feet a bit of the Wolverine book where you did have Dracula, you know, gradually trying to become part of the UN and then they want Wolverine to steal his blood so they could be day walkers and things like that, uh, that I just talked about the last X-Men episode. So it just threw me off. But what we said when me and you were talking at the beginning is the idea that you end up having just these little snippets 
of the Avengers as if, I don't know, that this is enough for me to go, all right, we got Cap. All right, we got Captain Marvel. I'm going to let you talk about it because you end up seemingly having things that would shake the world at points. At least maybe in the athletic world. I don't know. I don't know what. But yeah, it's, they, it was just a very odd sequence of events to open up this book with. Because like you said, this is supposedly. Well, it says right here. It says uh, yesterday, New York City, the final battle against Null. And then the very next page is today. So you don't really get much as that epilogue for the the king in black, which is this is supposed to be a tie-in. So legitimately, Aaron was like, "Oh yeah, I'll tie it in." First page. Okay, let's move on. It's now- over. That's the tie-in. <laughs> it's over. We won, guys. Why isn't is this it. an epilogue to the Phoenix Force story? I, I don't understand because you had at least just T'Challa and Captain Marvel at each other's throats in that, or yelling. Have something where they are apologizing for how they might have acted. Maybe even have some of the others like. Miss Marvel at one point, or no, it was Moon Girl. She was in the Avengers Tower pretty much coordinating. She's gone. Like, at least have her around say, hey, thanks a lot. You know, you like all that just ended. Like, and if, it's just like, if eh. anything, you could have been like, oh, well, well, I, I honestly don't know because I didn't read all the freaking tie ins to King in Black. I don't know if it, all the characters that were used in the Phoenix Force tournament were being used in King of Black. Because if if they weren't, then there would have legitimately been a reason for Aaron to be like, hey, guys, while we were doing this, stuff was hitting the fan. Let's go ahead and, and get it done. But but no, like it, it doesn't make any sense for this to be a, uh, a king in black tie in or epilogue or whatever. This is legitimately just the cash grab of the king in black title, unfortunately. And I, I'm telling you, I think that that cash grab <laughs> left town a while oh, ago, and, uh, months ago. Yeah, but- <laughs> and it's so weird, though. It's, and it, it's almost like an issue where I, I all I can say is it's an issue that Jason Aaron ends up not being involved with the king in black with the Avengers, the main big team. Right. I mean, they were involved, just not in his book, seemingly because the but it's this is to me like we got to throw everything in here before we get to that Heroes Reborn. We got to get up to speed. But boom, we we lied. Technically, technically, they mentioned King in Black or the events of what happened um, because the vampires were involved subtly. Very, very minor. Like I said, though, the vampires, I read most, if not all of the, I read the main books most of the times, and the vampires were very happy, like I said, to be in the darkness. There was no sun. This was a boom to them, and they could do their things. But in the whole roundabout deal, they're using the idea that, hey, we helped against the camp. This is what, this is how you got, I mean, how silly it is. This is how you got Monster Island. Out yeah. of the War of the Realms. Oh, the monsters, they helped out. So let's get this is exactly it again. And with a tinge of Krakoa and Sovereign Nation UN stuff. I mean, this UN has not been known to be the greatest of, of things throughout the years, whatnot. I was told by Jeffrey Thorne, the writer of Green Lantern, that uh, over and over the last couple of weeks, but still, you end up where you start inviting the Vampire Nation in. All bets are off. I mean, seriously, they're in the middle of Chernobyl. They're just murderers. They're trying to play it off as that if they have a blood disease. I, I mean, seriously. And so you have this as a story. But like I said, I think this is just, okay, we're going to do some spring clean and get everything wrapped up before we go off to Heroes Reborn. And that's what you do. But 
You end up having a nice moment. Now, again, I'll go through this thing. You have Captain America running around their jogging track. That does look like it's possibly got like snow on the ground, but it isn't because it's an artery. It just looks disgusting. It's running through an artery. Uh, and he breaks the world record for running the mile. He ran the mile uh, and beat the record by one minute and 50. Like, and then he deletes it. Like, I don't want anybody to know that. Delete from records. Well, if, if you're going to do that, why are you recording it anyway? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason. Uh, and this is, again, Jason Aaron's deal to maybe give people like, oh, I like Cap. Oh, he, he can run a mile quick. All right. Then you have Carol Danvers. You have, you know, Captain Marvel. She's lifting the most deadlift, free lift deal with one hand ever. Screen Rant, who, you know, I don't know if you know, but they do write a lot of bullcrap clickbaits. Uh, this article, it was just confirmed that Captain Marvel's the strongest Avenger. I'm like, from that, like, really? You're going to do that? And plus, it wasn't confirmed because she deletes it. Everybody's deleting things. Then you end up having She-Hulk, who Jason Aaron has really written as just savage, over-the-top savage She-Hulk, especially even in his just recent Phoenix Force. Now she's doing her law book reading. That's not enough. It's, it's like everything's just thrown in here to say, hey, I got complaints that we didn't have the Avengers all in the book, so I'm going to have them running around reading and lifting things. And it's just not enough. It's just, it, it seems silly to me at this point in a run that you're going through this as if you have to remind everybody who's on the actual team. Tony's working on a modification for his repulsor. I, really? And then Thor's drunk. At least that ties in the Beta Ray Bill. He's partying it <laughs> up, right? He's like, All right. and I'm sure when when Beta Ray Bill left and said, "Hey, I'm leaving to go get my sexy self back," Thor went right back to the drinking and partying. He didn't care. So yeah, he's going. the The big thing about this is, is it's gonna go and give you that T'Challa's the leader again. When that was said at the beginning, it made it probably made a clickbait thing from Screen Rant. Uh, but then also. You haven't seen much of it. You don't really get a lot of the Avengers doing a lot of Avengers things together. So you don't see so you're reminded of that. And you're reminded that the Squadron Supreme are pissed off at T'Challa and the whole Avengers. And again, that's kind of the reborn stuff. And, and you'll get to when they're gone. But it's it's Vampire Nation time. And you go, and it's just Blade pissed off. They shouldn't be in the UN. Well, you can't decide that, Blade. Well, we're going to make rules. They're not going to follow them. All these things going back and forth to just have Blade quit the team, but maybe not, and go off to watch the vampires and make sure that they keep in line where you have what I appear to, I guess, Dracula has figured out a way that he can vape blood because that's what it looks like. It's either a vape or a hookah that he's got going on off there in Chernobyl. But there is something <laughs> good in this. I'm, I'm ranting and raving. I don't mind the stuff with Robbie and Echo, Maya. I actually like the idea that she's scared. She wants to know what's going on. She knows that everybody is afraid of her. She even mentions Thor won't look me in the face. Well, it's because you kind of took his mama from him right after he found out that that was his mother, the Phoenix Force, which was ridiculous. But Robbie's the only one who kind of knows what she's going through. He's new on the team. He's, you know, I mean, he's got the hell fire, all that, that he can kind of go. And she even says the Phoenix Force kind of does like you. Uh, thanks for being there. He ends up giving her a cheeseburger, and we're reminded that she is deaf because he ends up putting his, you know, flaming mask on and keeps talking, but she cannot hear that because, and she says, I can't read your lips that way, but thanks, I can tell you're nice. That was okay. 
I mean, you know, you get things. You get a sad uh, boy thing who's very upset that Blade looks to be leaving. I actually got some feels there, even though I shouldn't have. But anything else? You, you what? I'm commandeering this whole thing because I got angry. But oh no, it, it's it's totally fine because I mean, for the most part, the only thing I did enjoy in this issue, and I know we're usually the the positive ones on on talking about almost any book that we talk about but somebody's laughing right now they're like really (laughs) you guys we've always we've always had those moments in both in in another title that i can uh say the same for is fantastic four avengers and fantastic four will always have that one issue that wows us and we're like man we cannot wait until the next issue and then it just keeps going down this steep hill that's just like, where where was the writing when we got on this again, you know? And I really did enjoy the the conversation between uh, Reyes and Echo. I really did enjoy it. You know, she she makes the point to say, like, how do you know who I am? Like, don't act like you know me because you don't. And... In in the way that Reyes is trying to, you know, say like, hey, you know, this is just a supernatural thing. Um, I am, you know, supernatural as well. You know, the, the big flame, you know, it's kind of something that they can relate to with him being the ghostwriter, her now being the phoenix. And they do, of course, try to pick it off to being like, oh, yeah, you know, remember those BC Avengers? Yeah, you know, we are connected in that way. And I know people will say, oh, this just means that he's been, he's been, you know, planning it all along. And we've kind of called BS on that. You know, it's just those things that you are able to pick from and be like, hey, I can kind of reference that. Doesn't mean he's planned it. It's just very convenient. That that happened with Joshua Williamson's run at DC after a hundred issues of Flash. And then you bring up something that happened in the second issue, that doesn't mean that it was always planned. That's you going back and how can I tie that in? Like I always kind of call BS on that, yeah. like you said, a and, lot of times. In this ending, although I can kind of see it as maybe interesting, maybe interesting if somebody else does a yes. miniseries exactly. of this story, but otherwise it's just an excuse to get him off the table and, you know, move on to what we were saying before with Heroes Reborn. And that being, you know, there was this, this huge conversation about how the vampire nation is now recognized throughout the world. And, you know, they can do whatever they want because now they're a nation. And T'Challa's like, no, that's not necessarily true. You know, you still have to abide by rules. And they actually go to Chernobyl and they're like, hey, we're going to set some ground rules. This is what's going to happen. And the vampires and Dracula's like, oh, well, actually, we're our own nation. We can make our own rules and we demand this. And they're like, yeah, that's not how being a part of the UN works. No, no. <laughs> and, and even with that, T'Challa has made some other of my like everything is just to set that up. Well, you can do this, but we talked to the UN and Blade has to be there to watch. But why weren't they informed before this? Because there's rules being broken both ways and weird yeah. deal. And. Yeah, just the idea of where, where's Russia saying, yeah, you can have Chernobyl. I mean, it's such a weird concept to just throw out there. And they get the hellhound that's given back to the vampire. But even then, is that just, again, spring cleaning, it was there. Let's get rid of it. But exactly. like you said, at the end, I'm like, okay, I wouldn't mind a Blade book. I like Blade. 
Uh, but I don't need this to continue. Like I said, being a backdoor pilot book where everything springs out of it, I want the stories in there. And with this all, the part that we liked the most was with Echo and Robbie Reyes talking about the Phoenix Force. Why couldn't this have been just an epilogue of that whole Phoenix Force story that you forced onto us only to out of nowhere think Echo had lost and then she was just given it? Give us something with that. Give me more. I don't want to be told Thor looks doesn't even look at me. Uh, T'Challa's afraid. I want to see it. I want to see them looking into this and trying to figure out if she is going to be okay and all and instead we're just you know running track and lifting weights and then having t'challa fighting a hologram of his father because he wants to live up to that squadron supreme going bc event like i want to have that then to throw in an interesting story with the dracula and blade but not an interesting story like you said you want a mini series because take that a step further. It's because I don't want to waste any more time in this book with it because <laughs> I want the Avengers. I want to see and the Avengers. I and- think it's so funny that we get one page where all the Avengers are together <laughs> and it's right before they're all going to be erased. Yeah, they're all going to be yeah done. It's going to go to Heroes Reborn. Why aren't they sitting around at a table the event, and talking about what are we going to do with Echo? And you could even have that back and forth of them. Well, we got to what? Like, and then Captain America, it, she's a girl. We can't, you can't talk to her about her just as a thing, just as she is still Maya. We got to figure and have this little discrepancy, but you, you could have this all going on and make a full issue that really what would hit and really tie up a really thud of an ending to that Phoenix Force story. Make me care about it going forward, not just throw the Phoenix Force at Maya and say, Echo is the Phoenix Force, but boom, and then have the best part of this issue is that, you know, thing there. And so it just got me angry by the end. And this is one of the books that continuously and people could say, why do you keep reviewing it then? But that's what we do. It's supposed to be one of the bigger books. So we want to keep, you know, people informed on what we think. Uh, But yeah. Just the idea when I saw that the announcement for Heroes Reborn where they said, can you imagine a world where there's no Avengers? I've been imagining it. I've been living it (laughs) since the fresh start. I mean, that's what we've gotten. You've been throwing everybody on the team that isn't on the team. that, And so you end up having to get rid of Blade here in a way that pretty much takes over half the issue. And I don't know. Well, like the whole thing I remember in – the fresh start the whole idea of this of this team with she-hulk captain america iron man captain marvel thor black panther and ghost rider they were also going to have doctor strange and doctor strange was going to be a character that gets swapped out for other heroes just depending on the storyline and that's kind of happened yeah he's never but at the same time like I haven't seen any of the other characters work together either. I mean, even in this where you're mentioning like, hey, Gorilla Man, more coffee. I'm like, you're going to bring up the, you know, and even the mention by T'Challa with the Agents of Wakanda and things like that. Like, this book is so scattered. And Squadron Supreme, you know, even with Namor, it points us that it just is all over the place. And it's just getting worse and worse as it went on where you're just then not even pretending, just having full arcs. Well, like you know, the, Age of the, Conchu, then the Phoenix Force. The really unfortunate thing about this is the fact that I know exactly what Jason Aaron is doing. What Jason Aaron is doing is he's 
taking these ideas for stories and he's driving them out to be one to two volumes for when it comes out in a trade, people can just buy those two volumes. Maybe they don't like Blade. Maybe they don't like, yeah, you know, you just go anything. and get what you want. They go get what they want, and they're basing it off the trade stories rather than the overarching month to month, which is so annoying for people like us who are trying to enjoy a book where it's going in so many different directions, we don't even know how it started. I, I want to also, I was just thinking of something. When you ended up in the Phoenix Force tournament, you ended up having Cap and T'Challa going you know, head-to-head and actually arguing, like, we don't need the Phoenix Force as part of the Avengers. And I even said, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, you, oh, we're already good enough. And I, well, do the Bill Belichick, get that, you know, cheat, whatever. Yet that's where she is. She's on the Avengers now, so I don't know what they were talking about before. Because seemingly Robbie's like, well, welcome to the Avengers. Here you go. And I get the idea where, you know, you could almost say that she's kind of being trapped there. And they just, I wanted more of that. I wanted more of a plate. And legitimately, when you ended up having a ton of people, hey, Echo is the Phoenix Force. Their first response was, who? Who's that? And you could have used this issue. After giving her that Phoenix where she could have used this issue to really explore who she is and what she does and what she's all about for people who may have thought, oh, that's ridiculous. I don't know this character. Well, then do your due diligence and, and teach them that, Jason Aaron, so that then they can see why you picked her and why it's a cool choice. Uh, but you don't do that. You just have her kind of, you know, sad. And Robbie, it's more Robbie, the scene, right? Him being a good guy and him being there to try to ease her in he's like the welcome wagon here uh but yeah overall i don't think you gave us any more for this phoenix force deal that's going to get anybody pumped up you end up getting blade out and a cool idea but i'd rather see it in a mini series and then it says next heroes reborn and then you get a one-page deal to show you what that moon knight deal will be about but yeah heroes reborn we're going off so we'll see how that is i'm I'm still going to be positive about it. And until I read it, I'm going to hope that it's pretty cool that even with Jason Aaron, where I can't complain then, well, where's the Avengers? Cause they're not there. And he could have his fun that he seems to want to have, he doesn't seem to really like to write the Avengers. So just let him write this nonsense and we'll see if it's fun. A little fun aside. Uh, overall, I'm at, I like the art. So before I say that, I'll tell you, I like the art. So I'm at a six, five, Overall, though, I do like some parts, but the idea that it is King and Black on the cover is complete and utter bullcrap. And then you end up kind of getting little bits of things, but not enough. And then we go to Heroes Reborn. What would you say? (laughs) Yeah, no, I was thinking the exact same thing. Six, five. I just realized also um, I was looking at the King and Black title. Um, Namor is on the cover. Namor had nothing to do with this (laughs) issue. No, no. It's a complete dupe. This whole deal. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, you would think that Namor, maybe he's still pissed at Dracula and he's going to go, but no, no. And you have, you know, boy thing there, but he was left behind. Like a lot of things on that cover. It's a cool looking cover, but still. Yeah, King in Black it is. I would say if you're there only for the King in Black, there's no, just buy one page maybe. You, you get that one. Uh, King in Black tie-in, hey, King in Black's over. That's what you get. So nonsense. So six five from both of us. Give everybody the info where they can find you. Yeah, of course. You can find me at um, 
Fanboy Clay on Twitter, of course, there's the link tree there where you can find where I am uh, on all of my shows, that in being uh, Batman and News Weekly podcast, the Comic Book Legion podcast, um, which, by the way, um, if anybody has any comic book uh, recommendations um, that you would consider anywhere near the top tier, uh, my buddy Mark uh, is kind he's of losing. A crisis. Yeah, he's losing his love for comics. It's really hard for him to to really sit down and and read some things nowadays, just because of time. But when he does have time, there's not a whole lot to read because he's really down on some DC stuff. So if it's indie stuff, if it's Marvel stuff, just give him a shout out. See, I give what him, he, I give him some suggestions. Manga. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> Help me. I, I keep telling him. I keep telling him to jump on it. Uh, so and hopefully I give he him will. some Marvel stuff as well, including yeah. I even tag you with it. Maybe Power Pack, though. That's not hard hitting, but it might get him <laughs> a little smile. Uh, but he even messaged me. He's like, "Do you ever feel like you know stopping the the podcasting us every damn day?" I told him. <laughs> no, I said, "Don't we... worry about it. It's just every day I think he about said, it." He said that on the. Uh, I'm editing it today, but he said that uh, this week. While we were on the air, and I was like, "Wait, are you quitting on me right now? <laughs> like, what's going on?" Uh, but we, uh, of course, we do the uh, DC books every single week, um, and then, of course, this show and its Patreon, as well as uh, the Ranger Alliance podcast, uh, which is on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Over there, we did do. Um, I actually randomly did a um, a Shang Chi trailer uh, review or, oh, or reaction. Cool. Um, I have the setup, so I was like, eh, I'll go ahead and do it. And then we also did a Patreon uh, exclusive of another Power Rangers comic that recently came out uh, review. So go check that, uh, them out. They're really, really cool people. Jim is actually a part of that as well. Uh, but that's where you can find me. The other people are cool. Not me. <laughs> I, I get on. I, it's like seat of your pants when I get on. I'm like, I feel so bad, too. But I said my shows don't have alliance in the name, so I, I'm a little separate. But, yeah, yeah, Mark ended up messaging me. He's got a crisis. So, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, try to talk him off the legend and convince him that comics are something that's pretty cool, uh, I don't know that I did. <laughs> I tried to. I tried <laughs> to convince him. I'm like, I don't know if I'm convincing him not to do it, but. Yeah, I told him it gets to be a struggle sometimes. We even said it here where we try to be positive and then you get a book. And seriously, if you've only listened to the Marvel podcast, you don't know what it is when, you know, we get mad at books. I mean, th this is pretty tame. This Avengers thing. <laughs> there's been times where it's just ridiculous. And I, even so, a lot of people end up trying to tell me that I, you know, oh, you're just doing that to try to be crazy or whatever. I'm like, I wish, I wish I, I did it like that. Then I could kind of control it. But uh, thanks for joining me, Clay. And as I always say, the mystery man, Brandon, I don't know if he'll be with me coming up or not, but we're going to go up to something, either me and Brandon or just me by myself. All right, and there is no Brandon. Brandon, if you want to listen to him, you may have to go over to the Patreon spotlight. But here I am. We're going to finish up with the Black Knight book, Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade, number two, written by Sykes for Your Art by Sergio Davilla, inks by Sean Parsons, colors by Arif Priano, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. In a book that the first issue really impressed me, I was not really caring much. Well, the, the whole Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade was not on my radar at all. I am not normally as much of a Cy Spurrier fan as a lot of other people, including my man Ruben. 
is I you know each book I give due diligence and, and let something impress me and sometimes you're surprised and the curse in the ebony blade number one did surprise me it surprised me a hell of a lot really and I was into it so we go into this issue and I still like it I just wasn't as fired up by the end uh this issue gets a little exposition heavy you do have a lot of stuff going on with a black knight there's going to be a lot of things that most readers aren't going to know so you're going to have to kind of fill them in with that and you end up using our kind of point of view character jacks at one point as a way to kind of peer into the void peer into camelot get some exposition as also dane himself needs to find out stuff from the first black knight percival so you end up having a lot of stuff it does get a little heavy like i said with the but it's still good i love the art i do like the story and i i am real interested in continuing but here is the bit of a recap dane whitman wields the magical ebony blade as the black knight the sword's power is fueled by dane's own darkness and negativity for years Dane struggled to maintain control while using the weapon's might for good as an Avenger and a hero, but Dane is struggling to find his place. While aiding the Avengers, a mysterious foe fell Dane with a black dagger. Dane Whitman finally gave his life to protect the innocent until the Ebony Blade's magic somehow resurrected the Black Knight. Dane lives to fight another day, but why? Kind of find out that that's just what the... The, the Ebony Blade will do if you are from the bloodline of King Arthur which down the line being a descendant of person that he is. And so you end up almost like in my mind, Dane would be like, really? Like I fought all this time and I, I kind of would have been resurrected anyway. Oh my, why didn't I know that earlier? But he is back at one point. He freaks out because nobody's really talking about that big elephant in the room. But before we get to that, we end up seeing two figures, one being that dark figure seemingly that was going around the last issue, the one that ended up chopping off Dane's head with that dagger, also whispering sweet nothings to all of the Avengers. And I'm saying sweet nothings as a joke because whispering things that were pretty much demolishing all the Avengers. Now, the Avengers are men and women that are a little bit, you know, above and better and whatnot. And it still affected them when you end up having these things going and you have different professors all across the world being whispered into and pretty much camelot medieval type of it they they are going to kill themselves and it seems like that's what they do it's pretty dark with the idea you know whispering the one thing that'll break a man or woman's heart and mind and then handing them the dagger and saying well you know if you want to do it you know use your wrist or your neck whatever but use the blade and you know bleed over here because i want to collect the blood so you have this Going down the line, that mystery of who, what, and and when we do get to the end, it will be revealed who that dark figure is and what's behind all the. And it's not a shock. Even in the book, they're like, "Really? It's him. It's always him." But before we get that, we're going to end up dealing with again the elephant in the room, where you have Jacks having a meal there with Dane. They're talking. Dane seems to be a little off his rocker here, uh, and ends up then. Flipping out and saying, "Why isn't anybody talking about my f and head got f and cut off?" I'm. Um, why isn't anybody freaking out? Jax thinks he's now a zombie. Oh no! Don't eat my brains. And that snaps him out of it a bit. And he's brains. No, 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 no. I'm not that. I just 
I just want to figure it out. I mean, nobody's mentioning it. I got to go speak to an expert. And she says, well, just so happens that I am a nearly full-fledged doctor of mythology here. You know, I didn't go to mythology doctor school for all this time to not be consulted. And he's like, no, no, no. I mean, a real expert, not your mumbo jumbo. You go off with your mumbo jumbo. I'm going to go talk to a real expert. And I actually, it didn't dawn on me that he was going to talk to Percival. I actually thought that he was going like Dr. Strange or something. And no, he is going to end up talking to the original Black Knight and his ancestor as he ends up excusing himself and telling Jax like, yeah, you kind of got to leave. And I like the idea where he's like, I think you're going to have to leave now. And she goes, you you can't kick me out. You You bloody invited me. No, 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 you can. I mean, how many people have invited somebody over and then you're like, really? Three days have gone by. You got to get going, dude. Uh, you kick him out. And that's what he's doing. Uh, and so it, it's kind of a funny thing where Jax is mad. She's going to go off. She has to go off because she has things to discover. I'm not going to say do. She has things to discover that end up pushing the story forward. Uh, but Philip, the awfully mutated and cloned butler, with the ram's head, he he lets her out, and you end up having Dane go off to talk to Percy. Ends up going, and and I do like this. The idea it goes to the you know the study with the big stained glass window of Percy. There's Percy doing all his great deeds there as the Black Knight. He's like, Yo, Percy, yeah, come on out. And they're gone now. Let's let's chat. And and it's like from beyond. Please do it properly. He's like, really? We got to go through this? All right. And he says, oh, great Lord of Scandia, first black knight, unquiet spirit. I summon thee to my side for uh, Percy. Come on, let's go. And yeah, that's that's Percy kind of giving his own little intro. And he's like, listen, I spent my whole super time with this dumb blade. You know, yeah, it's already making me be miserable all the time. And I have to be miserable for it to work. Whatnot. But. You never told me it would make me one of the walking dead as well. I didn't know that I'm uh, undead, immortal, all that. What's going on? You're supposed to mentor me, so get the heck out here and ment, which is kind of a funny deal, so I spur you're being a little clever with this word play. Uh, but yeah, you end up where Percy from the, the blade, it shares the resurrection powers. Finally, he comes out. He's a ghost, but he comes out and says, yeah. That's what happens with this. It ends up, you know, being a thing where you can't really die. Now, there is the question of, well, if that's the case, Percy, why are you dead? Kind of brings that up later. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes things can play out their deal in a different way. But you end up then going off to see the professor. And it's Jack's professor that we saw before. And he's one of the ones that ended up. Killing himself ends up being the ones that, you know, bled out after being told the worst of the worst and whatnot. But Jax isn't the first one to get there. And Jax is talking from outside the closed door. And you end up seeing a person there with a bloodstone, wink, wink, also in a motorcycle outfit with a helmet. So you don't know who it is yet, but she has a bloodstone and it's a Shia. I don't know. I'm not spoiling anything, am I? Uh, And ends up checking it out. Okay, you know, things, blood magic going on, I'm going to go out. And as she's climbing out the window, you do end up Jack saying like, hey, you know, I ran into some crazy things. Every time I close my eyes, I see enchanted weapons and blood magic. Ooh, blood magic. You end up this person saying, listening in. 
and then going off and going off because Dane Whitman has been mentioned. And you end up where Jax comes in, finds the professor dead, goes over to see something. I'm telling you, you don't want to incriminate yourself any bit. So if this ever happens to you, I I would not suggest rubbing your hands in the blood and stuff. Uh, But that ends up sending her on another mythical slash mystical slash of the mind into Camelot quest where she goes there and gets to see the forging of the weapons forging of all of the black knight stuff as you also end up having a bunch of that stuff being told to dane as well from percy and really the percy part is him telling you know the story really telling us as well about how camelot came to be the whole deal with you know, Merlin slash King Arthur, but also Mordred, who is going to be the bad guy in almost everything that has to do with Camelot, Merlin slash Black Knight, all this stuff going on. Uh, but also the big deal that Jack sees all these weapons being forged. This is where Merlin is going to give Percy the choice you can end up having the staff of wisdom you can have the shield you can have the chalice of knowledge you can have the black ebony sword obviously yeah percy picked the sword and it's one of those where you're going through these weapons you know a shield a stab a, a cup and you see a sword he's like yeah, yeah i'd take the sword and merlin's even like listen you gotta think ca- the sword no 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 no. think carefully you got it now the sword And that's what he gets. And seemingly then you end up having the rest of the items being cast out and consigned to the tides of hell and carried in the darkness eternal. The problem is that's not the case. That didn't necessarily happen. Uh, And some of these things kind of got in the wrong hands, were turned into a dagger and ended up beheading old Dane last issue which we do find out because of all this going on and like i said you do end up having percy tell dane well it is something that merlin ended up whispering to me saying hey who shall die yet holds this treasure meaning the ebony blade though the tolly cannot measure if his blood be arthur's strain shall not rot but rise again so whoever is holding the ebony blade and if they die and they are of the lineage of king arthur they will end up living i think that this is something that's going to turn around by the end and maybe finding out that Jax is also part of the lineage and the bloodline of king arthur i have a feeling that she's going to end up getting sliced but at that point she's going to be holding the ebony blade and then she will be resurrected and saved the day well while that's going on jack ends up waking up from this again it's like that astral projection into camelot that we saw before and she gets like knocked out of it while she's there laying on the floor next to her dead professor and then you also end up having like i said percy still talking to dane and even earlier ends up dane saying to fill up the butler like oh, let's keep this on the down low i can kind of take a breather People won't know that I'm actually alive. It's on the news. They even have it on the big news like, hey, this just in. Black Knight's dead. He got beheaded. And so this is something. And you you do have this a lot in any sort of comics or movies or whatnot. The idea where that's the greatest, you know, secret identity. 
everybody thinking you're dead so you can kind of look into things and do some things on your own and not worry about any sort of outside intrusions. The problem is, is that you already had Jax talking to the motorcycle riding uh, Mama Jama who comes in here and it, you know, I kind of spoiled it. It's Elsa Bloodstone comes in as like the dark rider from Greece too. If you saw Greece too, I, I, I will forgive you for that. It wasn't a good movie though. I do like the song. Let's bowl tonight. That was a pretty good one with Michelle Pfeiffer and the rest of the crew bowling away. Uh, but yeah, you end up having this motorcycle rider come in and reveal herself to be Elsa Bloodstone of course, she's just going around trying to find monsters, trying to kill them as she does. And unfortunately, Philip, the butler, he, he looks like a monster. She ends up smashing him and almost killing him. And that's where Dane's like, oh, come on, man. It took me ages to clone him. And so you have all this stuff going on. But Elsa is cool anytime she shows up. I am a fan of Elsa. The last time she showed up, if you're not aware, was pretty much in the Deadpool book for a longer amount of time. This seems to be more of a serious kick-ass Elsa than that one. And I'm glad for that because I think that she should be badass and pretty much serious and stuff in her monster hunting where she has her shotgun. She is about to shoot at Dane as he is turning into the Black Knight. He also ends up making her now hold a sawed-off shotgun, which you know could be even more dangerous. But yeah, he then turns into the Black Knight as it looks like you're going to have an Elza Black Knight showdown until Jack shows up and says, hey, everybody, uh, yeah, I think we got to stop doing this. There's a bunch of murders and stuff going around, and there's a lot of crazy. And even with that, you have Percy going on. Elza says she's going to load up her ghost shooting bullets and things, but you are having this whole deal where Jax is there to tell them, listen, I I think that the person who's doing all this already has one of the ebony items and has fashioned it into a knife that we've seen, but also they're after all of the items. And that is why they came after you, Dane, trying to get the sword. And if you remember that person, that shadowy figure was trying to wrestle the the sword out of Dane's hands and it was like you know not out of my cold dead hands nonsense they're going on with Dane and then he beheaded him uh you find out that yes it's Mordred and they even say in this it's always bloody Mordred and because it is you end up having like I don't know who this could be what are you oh no no it's Mordred yeah of course it's Mordred and that's both Dane and Percy it's always Mordred so you end up having that pretty cool as you see him getting some of these items and and stuff like that going after what will be probably the last one the Ebony Blade obviously he that one wasn't cast away that one has it now the idea of this is pretty cool where you do have Mordred going after the Ebony Blade in the meantime you can't really kill Dane because he's up the lane You have all that stuff going on But yeah, Mordred is pissed He's slicing and dicing himself As he's in a pool of blood and fire Yelling, where is it? So you end up pretty cool I mean, it, it is a cool story I said at the beginning that it is a little Exposition heavy The second, third read through Because this is the third time for me going through it, it It gets a little easier each time I don't know because I know what it's saying I'm skipping some parts, but no, I, I think that once you get 
you know, a feel for how the pacing is going, which is a bit different from the first issue, uh, I think that you can settle in and enjoy the art. The art is great. I love the art. And the story still has me intrigued by the Black Knight, seemingly what you want to do. Now, I don't know that we need to add in, you know, Elsa. We already got a bunch, but I do like Elsa. But again, it seems like that is kind of watering it down a bit where I want more Black Knight and I want to be invested. And we're learning some things about Black Knight. We're learning some things even about Percy. So that's cool as well. Uh, And then you're going classic with Mordred. So I am excited to keep going with this. It is a book that I continue to enjoy. And I'm glad I do because I was not even counting this as anything that I was going to be interested or involved with. So it's a bonus. It's bonus time. Uh, but I'm going to give it an 8.5. I think the last issue I gave a 9 or a 9.5. I was really, really impressed with that first issue. This is just a little step backwards, but it's still really, really good. And I suggest that maybe if it's not your thing, like Black Knight, ah, I didn't want to deal with that. Maybe even waiting until you know a month or two when it actually, that first issue hits the Marvel Unlimited app and check it out at least. I think that it might have something that uh, would surprise you. And that some people may end up reading it when they never thought it would be a book that they would have read. And maybe becoming a Cy Spurrier fan. He's doing, you know, some stuff over at DC. He's doing the Way of the X book this week as well. So it's a big week for Cy Spurrier fans. Uh, And he's done a couple really good books. His Hellblazer book at DC. I have only read a couple issues, but it was in a lot of people's end of year 2020 best of list. And yeah, so people do like him, and he writes he writes a good book, he does. But that's it. That's it for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you enjoyed hearing my man Eric Shea talk some alien and check out all the stuff that happens with the clay. With the clay. With clay, he does a lot of podcasts, all of them very, very good. And then go over to Twitter, check us out at WS Marvel Comics. Also go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. And finally, if you want, Check out our Patreon for support for all of these shows. Get a bunch in return, including this week's Patreon Spotlight Podcast, which is the Mighty Valkyries number one. And I still haven't looked it up exactly what number it is, but it's the Captain Marvel. I I ended up at the beginning. I mean, people are probably like, why isn't he saying the number? It's because I can't remember. And I had all this time to look it up and didn't. So that's on me. But it's this week's Captain Marvel. Like I said, continuing the... The romance of both Carol Danvers and Stephen Strange, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, thanks everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show, as I said before, and check out all the things in the show notes, and I will talk to you later.